Were you recording this? Yeah. No, I wish I was. <laughs> that would have been gold. <laughs> um. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Tony. How are you? <laughs> Do you think Mum's going to make another sudden appearance into the room? Oh, I forgot my... <laughs> I did ask if she wanted to be on the show. I know. It's, it's lucky that... Didn't have it switched on because it is a family show after all. <laughs> Mum might have used some choice language. Now you know where you get yours from, Catherine. <laughs> yep. Okay. We've got volumes. Volumes are good. Volumes are excellent. Um, I've also got a fancy box. Have you seen this? Yeah. It's, the fancy boxes never do it for me, but I'll tell you what the contents usually does. Well, let's hope it does. Um, so, as with a lot of my whiskies at the moment, this one was an exclusive to the Whiskey Club, and the Whiskey Club um, send me a nice bottle of whiskey each month, unless I opt out. Which sometimes I forget to opt out. <laughs> but um, but this one is um, a nice little bottling that Tomatin did for them. And it was distilled in 2008 and then bottled in 2019. So we can all do maths on that one. How old is it? Um, so 11 years old. So we'll see what it's like. It's pretty clear in colour, isn't it? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, just looking at the colour. Yeah. So... i sure it's not a gin. It was... It's no, not a... definitely not a gin. Gin, I'm getting my money back. I'll give you the tip. Um, so it's a first fill American Oak X bourbon cask. So I'm expecting something a little bit sort of on the sweeter side of things. I must have chucked in the tasting notes. That's handy. Um, so yeah, I, but I do I do like a fancy box. Bit of a fan. The only one that I really liked was um, that fancy one that they did that. At the Arctic whiskies, and you know the. Um, oh, the Singleton. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Singleton, the one from Antarctica. Shackleton. 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 Sorry, why Shackleton. The Singleton? Oh no. Not even close. Apparently, this represents the softer side of the Highlands. So. I didn't know that there was anything soft in the Highlands. No, it's all men in kilts and rocks and what have you. Is that mould on top? I think it might be. Do you know what? I think oh, it's no, off. We'll just I don't tip mind. it out, shall we? Yeah, tip it out into my glass. And we'll... You'll take that one for the team, will you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it for the team. <laughs> um, now we're under strict instructions from Lewis. What? Can you please make sure you don't drink it all? I'd really like to taste that one. Hey, sign language for Lewis. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it looks very negative. How come you've got a glass full and I've got bloody... Uh, uh, look. What? Look, they're exactly the same. I was just look checking. I was just wanting you to check. <laughs> it's like pouring for a sibling. Here, cheers. <laughs> Believable. you still got more, I'm sure, but I could tell. Her glass is bigger than mine. That's right, because I poured mine into the slightly bigger of the same glass. Oh, that's smooth. It's got that Highland bite, hasn't it? But that really, 
Do you get that kind of waxy kind of... Yeah, but I get sort of... It's, the Highland ones I always reckon are fresher tasting, mm. in, in a sense, and uh, whereas the Lowland ones, are, you know, are more peaty and more, you know, you, you know, you island Isla ones and that. Yeah, it seems quite. Which I never used to really like, and then I've just got into those ones more than the Highland ones, you know. I think that they've got good characters. I really enjoy those, not, not the super smoky ones, but the iodine kind of tastes. I really enjoy those, especially this time of year where it's a little bit um, a little bit wintry and what have you. Um, I quite like that, but it's, very, it's almost got like an oily kind of... Yeah, it's got a bite with it though, what hasn't it? What, what, is, what alcohol content is it? Um, it's a 50 it is a 50 yeah. because it's got a fair bite with it. Yeah, I guess like cast strength is usually about 63, 64%. So they've taken it back a little bit, but not a lot. Because usually with a lot of them, you know, they come out about 43, don't they? Mm. So yeah, 43, 47. Yeah, 50 is a bit of a bite to it. What was that one I used to get? I, I got quite like that one though. Yeah, a few times, and it was bloody, oh, it was dynamite. And it was sort of getting up into the 60s, and, and each bottle was different, depending on which barrel it came out of. Mm. And you, and honestly, you used to have to mix it with a bit of water, and I, I normally don't. And uh, it, it, and what was it called? And it was very, very iodine in a sense, but when you mixed it with a little bit of water, came back and it went quite a long way then but you had to put in almost a quarter of uh, volume and water to and, and the flavours came out and it was far more drinkable Cause it was still strong there yeah. was um, the Abelau one um, the, the Abuna and yeah. I don't think it really had the iodine thing it was a, done in um, I think pork casks and it yeah. had that really rich colour yeah it's quite a rich colour but it was I don't know it had something that was in it and it was, yeah, it was oh, almost something medical I could taste. <laughs> oh, okay, probably the alcohol content in it, because yeah. that is one that um, I quite enjoyed. But yeah, you had to put a bit of bit of water in with it. But yeah, certainly went a long way. Yeah, this this one here. Glenn Farkless did one that was cast strength as well. No, this started with an A and I can't remember what Yeah, Abelau then it would yeah. have been, yeah. I'm pretty sure I remember you having it as well. Yeah. But um, that one's quite a nice one. But this one, you know, you can still drink it straight, I think. It's just got a little bit of that bite to it. Did you want some water? I no, 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 I'm fine. Um, it's just got that really kind of smooth kind of creaminess to it. Yeah, very, very smooth, very, very clear. Hmm. But I, I don't know, I, I might be wrong, but I just think that some of the, you know, likes of your Lagavulins and your Argbergs and all those ones hmm. um, are very, sort of got more flavours and things that come through. Now, something interesting, Rob, when he was here, hmm. and I was talking about how the... Argberg is very much like the Lag of Uland. And he said, well, he said, they're next-door neighbours and they probably pick little tricks up from each other. Mm. 
Yeah. Neither of you can right, right side of you. Yeah, they're not very far from each other at all. Um, and I never realised that they were so close. Oh, okay. They probably share a bog, bog field. <laughs> well, apparently they throw stones on each other's roofs. Oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that the game? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, and but I'll be over there throwing stones on on Lagavulin. Do you know that carton still hasn't turned up? I me? know that's it's disgusting behaviour. You'd think that they'd be onto oh, it. I would have thought so. Yeah. Well, look. Um. Maybe maybe our dear friends at Australia Post are the ones that are stuffed up. Could have been, because I can't see Lagavulin doing that. They would have. After, they would have done the right after, thing. After after me giving a nice little blurb on their whiskies, they would have sent us a free carton. A free carton, you reckon? Or two. <laughs> well, I think, you know, at least one carton would have been polite. Two would have been, you know, a very nice thank you. And three. Would have, I would have, you I would, would have, have even shared a bottle with someone if you got a third carton. I would have shared a bottle with you, Catherine, if no. I got a third one. The third carton. <laughs> just charming, that. Just charming. Um, so these guys aren't that far from Inverness. They're up that sort of end of the sticks. So um, I probably would have driven past them a few times. I'm surprised I hadn't called in. Yeah, you've been into every other one, haven't you? Just about. Just about. They're just up the road from um, from Avonmore, which is where Dalwinnie is. So... Nice little spot there in the middle of nowhere. So very much Highlands. I watched a thing on the Highlands and bits and pieces, well, not so much the Highlands, but it was on a canal, quite a wide canal they put in, and it travels from one coast to the other coast, right through the guts of, um, goes across three main lakes, one of them being uh, Loch Ness, and then another lake as well as canals are joined up. And yeah. they go right across, and the, uh, they made them, and they used to take the, uh, instead of going around the coast, yeah. they used to take all the, uh, I was going to say salmon, herring boats used, oh. used to through it, and they did it during the First World War. Yeah, because I think John's talked about going through there. I can't work out where it is. And it, and they went through the First World War, mm. and at uh, that and this guy's doing these canal programs. Mm. Absolutely, quite fascinating actually. I think it was First World War, or it might have been even before then. Might have been in the French. No, it was in the French Napoleonic Wars, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, it was back then. Interesting. But they wanted it so they could get reasonably sized vessels through. And, you know, most of these uh, things are what they call the narrow boats that ply the uh, canals. But these things, uh, the boats that they're using were like big um, fishing vessels, you know. Yeah, well, because I'm trying to work out what where it is that John... Because I remember him talking about going through... I'm just not sure... That's so weird. I'm just trying to work out where it was because he talked about going up there when he was in the Merchant Navy. But they cut through the canals and uh, the, the ones that really used it the most was when the herring industry was going helter-skelter. Mm. It used to be a real big, forget how many 
thousands of tons they used to catch each year, and it was a big industry. That's yeah, because um, the herring stuff is um, isn't there's something about herrings, isn't there? They turn them into what they call smoke them and turn them into what they call kippers. Oh, is that what they is that what kippers are? Yeah. Huh, I have no idea. No, but there's something about um, the um, there's some festival that they have to do with catching herring. And I think it's still with seaweed and stuff like that. I'm trying to think what it is. It's just on the edge of my mind. There's a lot of herring caught in Alaska. Mm. And they go onto this herring and it's thousands of tons of it. And um, anyway, I've seen a few programs on it and they were saying that they, they like to get it when the row's at a certain stage and they use the row as a form of caviar and that's where the main value of this herring is. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and a, a lot of it's sold into, I think it was Japan or somewhere like that. What, the caviar or the herring? The herring or, you know, or the caviar, they take that, you know, but that's where the caviar was sold to or something. That's just... Well, it's not true caviar, but you know. No, no, no. I guess it's fish roe. But they're but... Sa- saying if they've got it when it's. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just some of the industry and stuff up there is quite, quite interesting. Yeah, they had a lot. Oh, I'll tell you the other thing that was on this program. Mm. He gets to a place and he, he gets off and he's a bit of a. Um, oh, he's a bit of a character, really, but he's elderly and fat and doesn't look very fit and everything else but they, they were doing doing um, this forestry thing mm. and these people were getting rid of this really invasive plant to do with the trees that they grew because quite a bit of forestry out in Scotland and places yeah I imagine and, trees are growing right yeah and anyway he, he was helping them get rid of this invasive species and I never thought it would become a vase of fly any means. And it was, he, he, the guy who was chopping it down says, I love this in my own garden. It was rhododendron. Really? Yeah, apparently it, it uh, smothers out the other trees in the forestry situation and really, really invasive up there. Wow. Rod- Just right conditions. Yeah, because rhododendron, I think, originally came out of the Himalayas. Right, so it likes that sort of higher altitude. Yeah, colder. Right, okay, because they grow quite well in New Zealand by memory. Oh, yeah, yeah, roadies are, especially, you know, you'll get them, um, you know, in the wire wrapper and that they grow well, but yeah, and they're absolutely beautiful. I used to have a whole lot of different ones. You get yellows, pinks, and reds. Yeah, I remember the pinks. I think they might have been. Dusky kind of ones. You get, there's one that's an orange one, but it's more of a, there are rhododendrons that are more of a tropical variety, and I think that was more of a tropical one, and I kind didn't grow that one. Huh. But the yellows, whites. Is that because you weren't somewhere particularly tropical? Yellows, whites, and reds, and pinks, and a bit of in-betweens, you know. Do you reckon they're related to, like, frangipanis or anything like that? Because it sounds like similar colours. No? No. Completely different? Completely different. Well, it's just the thought. They're an evergreen. Oh, are they? starter. Oh, okay. Uh, Frangipani's like, I get it. They've got very, very lovely looking flowers, 
but they drop all their leaves, which is a mess, and then that just sticks in the ground for, what, four or five months of the year? See, the uh, green of the leaf is that sort of dark plant green, and it probably almost a wee bit longer, it's a lot longer than that, but it's almost like a big bay leaf sort of type leaf, you know. Uh, but it's sort of a, a longer than a bay leaf, though. And the trees get huge, don't they? What, the rhododendrons? Mm. Yeah, there's different varieties. Some of them, I've seen them where they've been 30 feet, you know, sort of... Not 100 metres. No, no, 30 <laughs> feet. Uh, I have an idea you can get them up to about 45, but uh, that'd be... Because trying to Richard... Your sister and brother-in-law, they had some in their front yard, didn't they? Yeah, I don't think they were really big, but mm. um, I, I, I think they were... You, I think they were decent size. There was a place that had... and They they used to open this garden up, and it was in the Wairapa, and they... Um, up towards Masterton, and they had the rhododendrons and azaleas. And they were really, really quite pretty. What was it, a, like a formal garden or was it someone's house or something? Someone's house. Oh, okay. And they just open up their gardens. Yeah, and, and some of those things, uh, uh, people would have a bit of a, a bent on um, raising money for whatever cause. Oh, and yeah. So they put a... Gold uh, coin donation to yeah, get in kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, Which is quite, quite a good idea. Yeah, yeah. it's a great idea. And we, I know this place, it was almost like a five-acre park just full of roadies and azaleas and, you know, it was... Five really, acres is pretty big. Oh, yeah. Wow. About two hectares. See, acres I can kind of get because that whole concept of the quarter-acre block, but <laughs> you say hectares, I'm just like, I'm sure, whatever. <laughs> It's Do, amazing, like I the, think it's um, if, if I'm right, yeah, and if I might be wrong, and you'll get 150 calls say that I am wrong, but <laughs> I think it's somewhere about 2.2 acres to a hectare. Okay, sh- sh- do you want me to check? Do you want me to ask Mr. Google? <laughs> oh, you give him a ring, yeah, <laughs> see what he reckons. See what it's um, a bit. Measurements are so strange. Like if you say to someone who's never had to deal in metres before, oh, it's 20 metres away, it means nothing. Yeah. And you see, I, I'm also used to yards and a, and a metres, a yard is three feet. It's near enough to a metre, I think. Yeah, and a yard is... 36 inches and a metre is 39 inches I think by memory 39 point something right but yeah I I can't millimetres and all that if someone says oh something uh, I still because I've never really had to use the measurement things I don't think that way I always I know what an inch is, I know what a foot is, you know, and I think that way, my, my brain's wired that way because I didn't have to, I wasn't in a trade that was using that sort of measurements. No. 
I can understand likes of kilometres an hour and things like that now because I'm using them in vehicles all the time. Yeah. But as for measurements, because I, I haven't done that many, I never really sort of had... I was, I, you know, timbers, you, you, if you want a big bit of timber, it's a four by two. <laughs> if you want a big flat bit, it's an eight by one. <laughs> so I consulted Dr. Google and he says that a hectare is 2.471 acres. Well, I was wrong. Well, go. <laughs> I think we should have a fine system for when people are wrong. I did say, I did say I could be wrong, but I thought. Oh, funny, funny. I just think that, um, yeah, it's kind of weird because, you know, earlier you were saying something about someone having to climb a great big avocado tree and mum's like, yeah, it was like 100 metres tall. I'm like, that's a really big avocado oh, tree, 100 feet. 100 feet. But, you know, and, you know, when you said 30 metres, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of they get that. They were huge, though. I've got them on tape. And you should see it. It's, it's... What, the avocados themselves or? No, the avocados, they were no bigger than... Just an average size one that you get over here. Yeah, the dog sniffing under the door. Than the, the average size one you get over here. Yeah. But um, they reckoned, I, I was absolutely fascinated because it was 10,000, 11,000 feet up and the ground looked so fertile and the stuff that they were growing up there. And then not only that, like the the. He said something at one stage, and I haven't watched the whole program because I came in on it, that it was one of the first places in the world that they know that cultivation of, of uh, different things went on in. Yeah, right. Which could be true because the Incas and things were, you know, being there for zeons and that. Yeah. But um, anyway, when you had a look at it, it looked fertile land. And they were growing these beautiful potatoes and other crops and corns and, you know, all those sort of, or I think they call it maize there or something, but, you know, it was all corn, edible food. Is maize the same thing? And they, they were, you know, of course you had your alpacas and, and bits and pieces and they actually cooked one of those on the thing at the finish. Is that the controversy? Because I remember someone saying recently that there was some sort of controversy on, on the show. Well, I didn't think there was any controversy in it because different people, different cultures eat different meats. And mm. from what I can understand, your alpaca or llama and that, the meat is, uh, he described it as being very, like a very sweet bit of mutton. Well, that's what I think a goat tastes like, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I would have thought it would have been goaty. Yeah, mm. uh, very goat-like. Because I've found it, uh, the goat that I've tried, you know, the... Uh, a lot sweeter than what I ever thought. It was like the sweetest bit of mutton I'd ever tried. You mm. know? And t- just taste. not as fatty as well as mutton. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, so most of the mutton we have over here is the merino one, and that's not very fatty. But you go to places like New Zealand where you're using Romney or, or some of the fat lamb breeds, you know, your mm. South Downs and uh, Dorsets and all those. The sheep are a lot fatter. And What's that one that's got the stumpy little tail? There's um, the sheep that have got oh, a stumpy they, little yeah, tail. I think the, they're like Arabic or something like that. They come out of the Middle East somewhere. Mm. I don't know what they are, what they're called. But, Dorpa? Um, I, I don't know what they're called and I don't really care. Oh. But 
but Charming. but I know the reason why they've got it. Mm. Apparently, it's with the tail works a wee bit like of a camel's hump, and the fat's on it oh. keeps them going when it's um, when it's a wee bit down, and they've got a tail that grows. Right. Um, and the, it, it stores the fat while times are good, and then uh, they the the animal lives off the fats that are stored. Uh, that know, kind of figures. You know, you especially if they're like um, they're sort of wandering around those deserty kind of areas. You'd imagine from time to time they'd be without you know any grass or anything like that. It's amazing how animals adapt to what they've got. Yeah. Um, an interesting little fact that's happened in Australia recently over the last. 10, 15 years. Mm. All up north where the cane stoves started to go through, mm. snakes were eating a lot of them and dying because of the toxins in them. Mm-hmm. Now, in certain breeds of snakes, some of them had big throats, some of them had smaller throats. The smaller ones couldn't swallow the cane toads and within a very short period of time, there is no big-throated, and the the snakes who had the big sort of could swallow the big bigger things. Yeah. Died out because the cane toads are po- poisonous. Yeah. To them. Yeah. And the ones with the smaller ones. So all the snakes now have got the smaller throat. Huh. It's weird. It likes of uh, the thing with uh, caged chooks. Mm. And some of the cages, some of the eggs were broken. Mm. Some weren't. They couldn't work it out. So they set up cameras on the... And it was always the same cage. Mm. And they set up cameras and the ones... And so the ones that weren't breaking were the chooks that were sitting down to lay an egg. And the ones that were breaking were the ones that were standing up and laying their eggs. Right. And so they bred the chooks from the ones that were sitting down... Within one generation, all the chooks sat down to have their eggs because they bred all the chooks from the chooks that sat down. And you think, how quickly uh, things evolve in nature. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where, where the necessity is for it. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing sort of, um, yeah... Yeah, when you look at, um, I mean, apparently they've done a lot of breeding with chickens as well. Like there used to be a lot of those smaller bones and stuff in chickens, but apparently the number of bones in a chicken has been cut down over time. So mm. they've been bred out to have get rid of some of those smaller bones. Like you, when you have a duck and there's all those bits of like lots of bones and stuff. So I find that kind of fascinating as well. Yeah, you know, it's sort of you have a look. I tell you, there's go back and have a look what an Alsatian dog looked like a hundred years ago. Hmm. You can go onto YouTube or onto where YouTube for like someone's phone footage of how a dog looked a hundred years ago. Yeah, you know whatever. Oh yeah, I suppose that'd be yeah real footage. Footage, hmm. and uh, you know they they've got photographs and that they show you of them. Hmm. And they're a beautiful, squared-off, lovely dog. 
and then you have a look because these breeders have got them and they breed all the back end out of them and mm. they, they've just all the hips are gone in them and they've bred a dog that is absolutely horrible because someone said that's what an Alsatian should look like yeah. what a load of rubbish it know? really is it, it, really, it is. really is it can be it, genetics and breeding can be good and bad mm. uh, you well, know. you look at like Chihuahuas and how much variation there is in that breed. I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, they're not just all just one kind of look. Like you get the long-haired ones, the short-haired ones. I think there is that alarming trend towards wanting the smallest Chihuahua alive. But um, I think that there's like, we've got three in the house at the moment, and all three of them are completely different from each other. You. Wouldn't pick them necessarily. Well, you know, we haven't got a long head. We haven't got a long head one though. That's the only thing. No, or we haven't got one with no hair. There's that one that's got no hair. Virtually, a chihuahua. Yeah, it's virtually bald. Oh good And God. it's got a little bit of hair here and there. You, no, that's not a chihuahua. Yeah, that is. No, isn't, it? isn't that the? Um, it is a chihuahua. Isn't it a Chinese breed? No, that's a chihuahua. I'm sure of it. Really? I'm gonna yeah. look that up later. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, it looks like a chihuahua with no hair in any case. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they are. I think it is. <laughs> I really do. Really? Yeah. All right, well, I'll consult Dr. Google later. Yeah, have a look at Dr. Google. But, and if I'm wrong, well, you'll have to give us another whiskey. <laughs> is that how it works? That's how it works. Oh. Do you know... Um, no, I don't know. It's... Fascinating how uh, things, uh, you know, different spins go on things, isn't it? You know, and something that's pretty really like that. Yeah, it's a Chinese crested dog. Is it? Yeah, and they were bred. I'm pretty sure um, to you know how like the um, the old-fashioned Chinese robes and they had the really long robes like around the yeah. arms and so they were actually bred to sit in those like long draping arms. Is that right? Yeah. That's why they didn't eat hair because they were nice and warm, cuddled it's up all the time. amazing, you know, the different dogs and the way they've sort of um, changed them around. We yeah. came across a dog and it was a beautiful looking thing and it was sort of a white and tan colour, quite a solid looking thing. Up at the lake, and I said to the lady, "What, what is it? Because it looked like it was a purebred, whatever it was." But yeah, did you want another was, whiskey? It was fairly staunch. Oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> and what did it work out to be? And she said it's an African breed. Yeah, she was South African herself, <laughs> and she reckoned it was the oldest dog in the world. I think she probably meant it's the oldest domesticated dog. Did you? Well, I wanted to measure that it was up to the right level because then I can pour mine to that same level and not have you whinging at me. Catherine, there yeah. goes the right level. <laughs> no, the top of your glass is not the right level. And uh, Remember I said that I had to take some home for Lewis. <laughs> it doesn't look like that. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so this thing's... Was it white and tan? Well, it was more tan and it was quite, it didn't look like a bulldog or anything like that or a staffy or anything, mm. but it was qu quite Stocky. muffled up. Yeah. Quite, you know, 
it was was sort of but the head and that huh. and it it was it was um she did say what the name of it was yeah but she reckoned it was the oldest dog in the world and it, it's an african dog of some form right and uh Bobble? i don't know you'd have to show me mm, with a darkish face give us a look like that no. Okay. It was it was smaller than that. It was. Hmm. Interesting. And what was it like? Oh, it seems to be quite a. It was only stood about this high. No, no, no. Like, was it a nice dog or was yeah, it a yeah, yeah. kind of dog? No, 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 no. It it came up and had a pat and and bits and pieces and but you know because when when I said to the lady, I said, "What is it?" You know, I said. It's really fascinating me and she she said oh it's a african breed and she said oh it's the oldest dog in the world they reckon and i reckon might have been the oldest domesticated dog i don't know yeah makes sense no i can't find anything that matches that the other one i've never seen quite... one before and, and um hmm, interesting it was beautiful color it was sort of a dark red, like, you know, that really nice dark red. Darker than Winnie? Yeah, sort of almost darker, but it's quite a short hair. Hmm. You know, like a... Um, but it was really, really... Um, yeah, probably a little bit darker than Winnie. So not like a chest, chestnutty, like a horse... Kind no, of it was more like a really dark Herefordy colour. Oh, right. You know that sort yeah, of colour? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, you know what a Hereford is? A cow? No, no. not They, they can be bulls too. <sighs> a bovine then. Does that yeah. suit your sensibilities better? Oh, my goodness. Who do you think I am? You know what a Hereford is. Unbelievable. Why I think they tried to hoodwink me at the car place the other day. They didn't realise that I had an ability to retain information. <laughs> anyway, you get that. So, what do you reckon, whiskey success? Yeah, it's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> All things better with time. And the reason that we're down here today anyway is to watch the rugby. Oh, yeah. So I'm guessing that in a second we should probably go yeah. and... Half past five. Yeah. But we should probably go and... Get ready, I'll get things ready so that yeah. the half-time dinner's going to be nice. Now we'll go, go watch the Bledisloe Cup. Yes, yeah, so I've got my black hat here ready to go. Oh dear, oh really? Is that your all-black outfit with your navy blue jumper? <laughs> um... <laughs> Looks like you should be drinking vodka with that. It's kind because of, it's kind of got this squarish kind of look to it. It looks a bit Russian. Yeah, if you see me crouch down and start to flick my legs out, you know that you've gone all Cossack. <laughs> <laughs> nice. God, you see them doing that, and you think, you know, I've I've watched them on some of them on TV and that, and it's really quite clever, isn't it? Oh, the strength and stuff that it must, to take, it must take to do that. Because it's not like they just sit there and do that for a little bit. 
John and Marg went in there on the cruise into Russia. Oh, yeah. And they were saying, oh, you know, it's really progressive going really ahead. Yeah, well, it's a nice country to go visit. I just think that there's... Um, I think, you know... You, you know, you have countries with big populations like that. and But, yeah, so whiskey's a bit of a success. We do have another whiskey to try a bit later, so we can do that. <laughs> I think once you start on one, you should You should just, it. like, you've got, a, like, a mission to finish that bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Throw the cork away. <laughs> That's the first thing. When you open a bottle of scotch, Catherine, yeah. just throw the cork away. You have never thrown a cork away in my life. I've seen you... Ha- you've had bottles of whiskey that have lasted for months. Okay, weeks. Name them. <laughs> well, you had the I've one still, that... <laughs> I've still got the one that you brought us for my birthday. There you go. That and one's lasted for o- months. That's plural o- months. <laughs> only just. Hasn't even had the cork out of it yet. No, that's not bad then, if that one's lasted. But, um, and no, I don't know. I think throwing the cork still got it. some in it. Has it? Yeah, because I've been drinking cheap shit. <laughs> yeah, you've got to have a good whis- drinking whiskey on hand. Yeah, it's got to be done. That's why I was thinking, well, you don't need to take that home. Cause you probably wasted on him. <laughs> he actually quite likes a good, um, good Highland whiskey. Yeah, but he never used to drink it. And then you came along and taught him how to drink it. I know, it's a problem. And Now we have to a, share. What a bloody idiot you are. Well, sort of. I mean, it, it means that my whiskey you buying budget down. has extended. Yeah, but you, you drink it with him instead of coming down and say, saying, Daddy, Daddy, <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, it's quite nice. And I do make an effort to come down and have a dram with you. Yeah. <laughs> Should yeah, we wrap yeah. it up? If you want to wrap it up, you can wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> well, I think we've been recording for how long now? Uh, As your mother would say, we'll just fuck off now. <laughs> we nearly got through this episode without swearing. <laughs> you ruined it for everyone. On that happy note... <laughs> If you want to listen to any of the other Gentlemen of Pop Culture podcasts, you can do so by heading to thegentlemanofpopculture.com where you can hear more of these episodes. Still waiting for his later You can hear me and Lewis not swearing on our Disney podcast. And you can hear us going off on tangents on Tangent City. And you can also hear Lewis and his film crew talking about films on Unscripted, the film show. And you'll be able to listen to me waiting for my Lagavulin to arrive in the post. I should, I should put a photo of you by the post box on the side. <laughs> Catch you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.